0: Open off and Skyly Century stayed at the gate. There's Vaux Rogue being set alight immediately by Cyril Small and racing to the lead. But Vaux won't give up. He's still in front. Groucho's grabbing him now. Groucho coming at Vogue. Don't play, getting a rails run. Vogue in front. He's got a heart as big as himself. He'll win. Vogue! Vaux Rogue is practicing at last in S. This podcast is
1: brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing, and Inglis.
0: The inaugural running of the invitation produced a stunning win by Icebath, who's been competing at the top level for a long time and thoroughly deserved this win, as did trainer Brad Widdup. Hilal got no favours in the $1 million Bondi stakes, but still proved far too good for his rivals. Now the Westies are champing at the bit, to bring the Golden Eagle to their beloved Rose Hill Gardens on Saturday, October 30. The $7.5 million four-year-old contest will be supported by the Classic Legend Stakes, a $1 million sprint over 1,300 metres, which also offers big win and place bonuses for horses who contested the Everest and the Sydney Stakes. Also featuring is the inaugural Four Pillars to be run under midway conditions and designed to give unsuccessful Kosciuszko ticket holders a second chance to share in the big prize money. Rose Hill will be the host again on November the 6th for a meeting featuring the one million dollar two-year-old race, the golden pendant over the 1100 metres course. Co-feature will be the Group 2 Hot Danish Stakes for fillies and mares. The 2021 Spring Carnival rolls on. Dennis Najum is a Melbourne-based racing historian who's been besotted with the sport all his life. Now 70 years of age, Dennis owns a priceless collection of audio tapes featuring race calls from the 60s and 70s by men like Bert Bryant and John Russell. He admired many top horses of the era, but there was one who remains his favourite to this day. Dennis was a devoted fan of a beautiful chestnut mare called Dual Choice, who had only 28 starts between late 1969 and early 1972. Her 16 wins included 9 races which today carry Group 1 classification. I have in my possession several race calls by Bert and John which capture the brilliance of Dual Choice and the esteem in which she was held by Melbourne race fans. Thanks to the generosity of Dennis Najum, I'd like to deviate from our usual podcast format by reviewing the career of the mayor they called Julie.
1: Baguette is going to be the danger on the turn. Dual choice is a length and a half clear. Uh, the rider went for the whip on Baguette, but Dual choice is still holding Baguette at bay. The others are gone. Listen to the crowd roar. She's a mile too good. She's streaking away dual choice. She well bolt in in the run of the post dual choice by two lengths to forget or four lengths away. Further photo between both Sovereign and Abdul, followed further back in the field by uh, start of Athens, Big Blue and Zambari.
0: That was Bert Bride's call of the 1972 William Reed Stakes, one of 16 wins for dual choice, Who was from the first crop of the English import Showdown. This son of infatuation had won six stakes races in England and was purchased by Ken Cox to stand at his Stockwell stud in Victoria. Showdown got away to a flying start when his first two runners, Dual Choice and a cult called Prodromus, won both divisions of the Meribyrnong Trial Stakes at Flemington. Over the next decade, Showdown would become Australia's leading sire on two occasions. Jewel Choice was bred by Harry McNamara and was the fourth foal of Unit, a daughter of the successful Powerhouse. The striking filly was purchased by Mr and Mrs Norm Gillam for $9,500 at the 1969 Melbourne Yearling Sale and entered the Geelong stables of trainer Ken White. A natural two-year-old from the beginning of her first serious preparation, Jewel choice followed her Meribyrnong trial stakes win in October 1969 with an effortless victory in the Caulfield debutant stakes and then came her first defeat when out of a place in the Meribyrnong plate won by Baguette. The showdown filly did so well in the stable after the race that the decision was made to keep her in work. She won her next four on the trot, two-year-old races at Caulfield and Flemington, followed by the Merson Cooper Stakes and the VRC Sires Produce over seven furlongs, easily accounting for two top cults in Royal Show and Culcliff. It's just possible that she was coming to the end of it by the time she arrived in Sydney for the golden slipper. She was far from disgraced in finishing third to Baguette and Royal Show in a race marred by interference at the top of the straight. Jewel Choice went to the paddock with the enviable record of six wins and one placing from eight starts as a two-year-old. The late Frank Rays rode her in her first two wins while the late Peter Gumbleton was on board for the other four. Any doubts that such a brilliant two-year-old filly would come back as a three-year-old were quickly dispelled when she destroyed older horses first up in the freeway stakes at Moonee Valley. Frank Rays had been reinstated as dual-choices jockey and would miss only a handful of rides on the great filly for the remainder of her career. Frank was the jockey when she won the Edward Manifold by four lengths, And the Caulfield Guineas by three. Ken White elected to take on the older horses again in the Craven A stakes down the straight on Derby Day 1970. The grand old warrior Torto gave us something to think about, but the brilliant chestnut filly got home by half a head. A week later, she finished a gallant third to Levian and Regal Vista in the George Adams Mile, and then the paddock beckoned. The late Ray Setchus had the ride when Jewel Choice resumed four months later in the William Reed Stakes. She was just short of a run in finishing third to Tango Miss and her old foe Baguette. Pat Highland had his first ride on the filly when she took on six smart rivals, including Baguette, in the Lightning Stakes of 1971. Bert Bryant called the action.
1: After going a short distance, Dual Choice being tackled now by Captain Hayes. And he's dashed up on the outside, Captain Hayes, and goes to the lead from Dual Choice. Two lengths further back then is Baguette and Zambari together. A little wider out of the track is Tordale and they're followed by Abdul and Gay Bachelor at the rear. With about two and a half furlongs or a little more to go, Captain Hayes a little out from the rails, about a half length of Dual Choice about to take it on. Baguette is about a length behind them now, making its run with Torto. And as they race down with a furlong and a half to go, Dual Choice takes the lead on the flat rail from Captain Hayes, who's drifting out and taking Baguette with it. And Torto is right out of the middle. Dual Choice, the leader with three parts of the furlong to go. Baguette under the whip gone. Torto on the outside is the only danger. Dual Choice in front, of 100 yards to go from Torto. But Dual Choice will win. Dual Choice far too good. One by a length and a half to Torto. Third Baguette, a very poor run. Then Zambari never got near them, followed by Gay Batch for Abdul and Captain Hayes last.
0: That was win number 11 from 16 starts, and the filly was fairly flying. One week later, and with Frank Ray's back in the saddle, dual choice led all the way to beat some great sprinters in the Oakley Plate in very fast time for the five-and-a-half furlongs. You'll enjoy Bert's call, and you'll be delighted to hear his interview with the special guest who watched the race from his broadcast box.
1: Offen Racing this time, Zambarian dual choice, flew out of the stalls on the outside, Cobbermine began fast in the middle, and Tango Miss is burning up along the inside, unsettling properly and going fast, Royal Bachelor 2, but dual choice leader at the half mile, being tackled by Marshall Cadet and Tango Miss going up fast, Cobbermine trapped out a little bit wide, in behind that bunch over improving its position they're followed further back by Regal Vista a couple of lengths to Eastern Court well out of its ground too a Sir to me and Raptors last three furlongs left to go and dual choice the leader one to Cobbermine on the inside of Zambari there goes Tango Miss flying around the outside of the field Marshal Cadet is next followed by Black Onyx Regal Vista on the home turn and they fan and the leader dual choice about a length and a half in front and she kicked away on the corner Tango misses out after her, followed by Cobbermine, Marshal Cadet, and Zambari. But they won't get dual choice at the half furlong with flying feet to the plaudits of the crowd. Dual choice, one of the best in the country, is racing right away and will win it very easily. Listen to the ovation. Dual choice by four or five lengths. Tango is second. Regal Vista, third. Fourth, Royal Canvas. They're followed by Black Onyx, third of me. Well back as Cobbermine, Marshal Cadet, Eastern Court, Opa, wrapped. And last of all is Royal Bachelor. How good is she? An absolutely incredible horse, this. She flew out of the stalls on the extreme outside dual choice. And she gave nothing a chance. And she's gone on to win by about four or five lengths. You'll find them as I've called them over the line. Dual choice will be first. Tanga Miss looked a threat on the home turn but didn't run on. And third placing will probably go to Regal Vista. Well, Bart Cummings, what do you think of her for a filly? I think she's good as Storm Queen, <laughs>
0: <She's>
1: good. <laughs> as good as she was anyway, oh, she's brilliant, really uh, over short course she's probably, uh, I suppose she'd be one of the best in the last, uh, the last 20 or 30 years. Well she, uh, she flew out of the boxes today as if she'd been catapulted out and she burnt them off and the other horses had the sit and the drop but she still, what I liked about it was the way she moved away on the turn as if he'd put her into another gear. Just got natural ability and just too good for them, like a
0: galloping machine. Not extravagant, doesn't use any unnecessary energy and just too good. Jewel Choice struck Barguet at his brilliant best in the time-honoured Newmarket and had to be content with the second to the Sydney cider, with Gallant Torto a close third. Jewel Choice then hit the road to Adelaide where she beat all but the very good horse Romantic Son in the Goodwood handicap, spotting him almost a kilo. It was proven when Julie came to Sydney for the golden slipper 14 months earlier that she wasn't the best traveler in the world. She had a tendency to dehydrate, which could have played against her on the road trip to Adelaide, and also on the flight to Brisbane for the Doomben 10,000. She lost a bit of skin in an incident during that flight, but the vets passed her fit to start in a very roughly run 10,000. She finished 9th of 17 after copping the backwash of interference, which was severe enough to see the riders of all three place getters suspended. With the Victorian spring carnival looming, there wasn't time for a lengthy spell and Dual Choice was back at the races in seven weeks. She made her four-year-old debut in the freeway stakes at Moonee Valley. John Russell called the race for 3UZ.
2: Well racing now, Eliezer got out smartly, so did Dual Choice on the outside and Andros began quickly and going very fast as Tina's joined up there with them as Proud drop with Regal Vista. They're followed closely in the field then by Silver Spade on the inside of RJ Centrefield, then Tattenham beaten for pace followed by Star of Athens... Further back is Surrender, Prodromus, and off as Nipper Bells. Down the side, a half mile ago, and Eliezer on the inside, about a neck to Jewel Choice. A length and a half, Andros, a half length to Proud Top. Two lengths further back is Regal Vista, followed by RJ, moving up on the inside of Silver Spade. Two lengths further back is Tapton, there, followed by Surrender. And a further back in the field, Star of Athens, Silver Spade dropping out of it, followed by Progromus. And last of all, Nipper Bells coming down the side. It's Eliezer by a length and a half to Jewel Choice. One length to Andros, followed by Proud Top. RJ uh, is coming home well around the outside followed by Regal Vista further back as Pina's Joy and Tatnummer uh, as they round the turn it's Eliezer about two lengths to Joel choice a length and a half and Ross they're followed by rj and further back as proud top as they straighten the furlong to go eliezer in front of Jill choice under the weapon. further back proud top is coming home well eliezer on the inside as the leader tackled by Jill choice who raced up Jill choice has dashed to the lead a few yards to go she's too good jewel choice wins the money close for second and third between eliezer and proud top they're followed by andross and further back regal vista tina's joy a gap to surrender and then Tatnam followed by star of athens silver spade nipple bells Next to last, R.J., who dropped out of it sharply and last home for Dromas.
0: John Russell, who recently celebrated his 91st birthday, remembers dual choice as a lovely-looking mare who possessed the sweetest of actions. He said her speed was breathtaking and her tenacity boundless. He rates her among the best of her generation. Following the freeway, Jewel Choice went to Caulfield for the Memsey Stakes, in which she was beaten in the last few strides by a very good horse called Siron. But she bounced back a week later in the Craigley Stakes, beating Torto and Gay Icarus. Then came the run described by her fans as the most disappointing of her career. Starting at a prohibitive 5-1 on, she missed a place in the Churnside Stakes, won by Proud Toff. No reason was found for that uncharacteristic performance, but trainer Ken White sent her straight to the spelling paddock nevertheless. Three and a half months later, the popular mare resumed in the wait-for-age William Reed Stakes. She started favourite at ten to nine and turned the tables on her old faux baguette in course record time. Jewel Choice then went to the Lightning Stakes in which she finished fourth to Zambari but was below her best on a very heavy track. Seven days later she was back on a fast track in the Oakley Plate, a race she'd won 12 months earlier. There were 16 runners, she started favourite at 6 to 4 despite her 9 stone 5 pounds which equated to 8 pounds overweight for age. This was almost certainly her finest moment. Bert Bright painted a wonderful picture.
1: After often racing Oakley plate, Count Carl got out fast, so did French part and going very fast towards the middle, Cruisermatic and Disciple began like a flash unsettling now. Crusomatic showed the length and a half disciple. Third French part on the outside of Count Carl, Tango Miss in behind them dual choice avenger in on the fence followed by remote control zambari a length and a half to abdul followed by king Lane. then kuzil a long way back on the field is joe dillo scottish charger Royal canvas and last rj at the three in the flying Cruisermatic is about a length and a half disciple on the inside of tango miss going up very fast now tango miss challenging the leader third is disciple followed by avenger coming around them dual choice is fourth out wide Right off the track as Abdel as they made the turn, followed by remote control. In the straight, Tango Miss got to an arrow lead from Cruisomatic. Avenger wider out, Jewel Choice under the whippers, finishing gamely. Abdel and Royal Canvas. Tango Miss the leader, listen to them roar. Jewel Choice is going to win the money. She's moved up on the outside, Jill Choice. She takes the lead and she is home. Jill Choice wins. Royal Canvas second, third Tango Miss. Listen to the crowd. Then Avenger, Zambari, Abdel. Followed by cruis Joe Dillo, King Tourmaline, they're still clapping. Followed by RJ, Town Car, Remote Control, Scottish Charger, French Poet, next to last, and disciple last of all. Listen to this tremendous ovation. It was dafting. 50 or 60 yards or half furlong down the track when it could be seen, even before she got to the front. And I said then she was going to win the money before she even got to the front. You could see that she was charging past them. And I've never, in in the years that I've been calling racing, seen or heard such an ovation so far from the winning post. When the course commentator apparently said Jewel Choice is swamping the leader, the tremendous roar from the crowd deafened my broadcasting box out, and it was an incredible thing to hear. You have just heard one of the finest performances ever given by a racehorse on any track possibly in the world. Carried eight pounds overweight for age. A lot of good judges said she couldn't do it. I was most insistent that she was going to have a big job in front of her but she has rewritten the record book and we find today that Dual Choice now passes Winona Girls state winning uh, record and Dual Choice becomes the Uh, the greatest stake-winning mayor in Australia. (laughs) Dual choice now, the greatest stake-winning mayor in Australia. Listen to this ovation. They haven't come back anywhere near the front of the stand as yet. They're still a half-furlong trotting back towards the turn, which is the turn out of the straight normally. And before she even gets anywhere back to the front of the stand, dual choice is getting the reception
0: of a queen. The great mare was every bit as gallant in the Newmarket as she'd been in the Oakley Plate. She spotted the Bart Cummings train crown, a massive 17 pounds or eight kilos, and went under by only half a length. Jewel Choice went straight to the front on the flat side of the track in the Newmarket, but was given no peace by a three-year-old called Tutwila. Bert Bright even used her nickname early in this call.
1: Like Common Racing, Jill choice, Tardo the grey on its inside, Tango Tango missing, Royal Canvas on the flat side, Rail Special Boy dropping back, Avenger with the blue cap is crossing over about six from the rails and going fast, and so is Crown up towards the leading bunch, and 2 Twitter is showing a great turn of speed on the outside, and so is Abdul, Zambari is right out of the middle of the track, and Torto is tracking them. Down past the four and a half on the flat side, and Julie's got to the front dual choice is the leader from two tweeler just behind them singolio avenger about three or four out crown is sitting in behind them with tango Miss, they're followed by tina's joy and White water out on the track going fast as abdul and torto making their runs together baguette is right down the middle of the track two and a half furlongs out dual crown on the inside dual choice just in front of two tweeler third is tango miss crown getting up on the fence avenger close behind them with singolio Whilst out of the middle, Chordeau, Beget, Zambari are only struggling. Down to the furlong pole, Two Tweeler and Dual Choice are having a great tussle. Dual Choice on the inside, on the outside is Two Tweeler and Crown. Crown is getting up on the inside of the wall. Crown takes the lead, close to the post, and Crown is going to win the new market. Crown first, Dual Choice second, third in the race was on the outside Two Tweeler. Fourth was Zambari, fifth, forget, followed by Royal Canvas in the middle of the track, then special boy Rick Shaw Lad, followed by Abdul, Tina's Joy, in behind the Avenger, followed by Sab Tango, Miss Saint Galeo, Mikado, next to last, Eureka Star, and last is Direct Line.
0: Sadly, this was to be Dual Choice's Swan Song. She came out of the New Market with a very suspect fetlock joint, and connections were in accord that she should be retired. At this point, the story took a strange twist. The Gillums had no interest in the breeding of thoroughbreds and were open to submissions from stud farms. They were on the verge of accepting an American offer when her original breeder, Harry McNamara, came up with a surprise proposal. Bearing in mind that he'd sold the filly to the Gillums as a yearling for just $9,500 It was a bizarre twist of fate that McNamara was prepared to pay $80,000 to bring her back to the place of her birth. Like so many high-class race mares before and since, Jewel Choice failed to emulate her track record in the breeding barn. From her nine named foals, a horse called Contemplation was the best, winning four city races and placing in The Memsey stakes. Five of her daughters went to the stud, but subsequent generations have failed to produce another dual choice. Bert Bride summed it up best after her stunning win in the 1972 Oakley Plate when he said she got a reception befitting a queen. It's almost half a century since Bert uttered those words, and many great sprinting mares have since graced the turf dual choice deserves her place among the best of the best trainers strive to have horses spot on for race day fuel cells up the right mental state, the right fitness levels. Equally important is the horse's capacity to recover quickly from racing and track work. The aim is to give owners every opportunity to win optimum prize money by keeping a horse in training for as long as possible. High Gain Recuperate is a powerful blend of electrolytes, B Group Vitamins and Vitamin E in paste form which can be administered after fast work and in the days leading up to a race to assist recovery. 30ml of Recuperate drawn from the 500ml bulk pack is the economical alternative to individual electrolyte and vitamin paste syringes. High Gain Recuperate powers performance and recovery. Visit the High Gain website and use promo code Racing to receive 15% off your next Recuperate purchase.